0: that'll do it it's over the Bucks have done it the long wait has ended after a half century the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again these players they're champions every day every day they come to the building they're champions they've embraced getting better every day they've embraced competing they've embraced playing together and it's made them champions tonight. I couldn't be more proud of them. I'm so happy for these players. I
1: made my free throws tonight. And I'm a freaking champion. I made them and I'm supposed to make it. You know, but I'm joking. Um, actually, I'm not. I think the most likely scenario in which the Bucks win the finals is that they win in game five and then they win at home in game six. Identical to what the Raptors did a couple of years ago. This
0: is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: Story time. I became an NBA fan around 2010, and I later became a Bucks fan a couple years later when they were garbage for you, they had Giannis and they were getting Jabari and I had some friends that kind of got me into the Bucks. I went to my first Bucks game the 2016 season, the spring of 27, game six against Toronto. They lost, uh, but they mounted a 24-point comeback. Uh, shout out Jason Terry, and then lost, of course, so it was gut-wrenching. We sat in the upper deck of the Bradley Center, and tickets were 40 bucks for an elimination playoff game. I went to this game with two of my best friends that I made in college at the time. We're still close friends, we're constantly in the group chat, talking about the NBA. I got to watch the game last night with one of those friends. The other doesn't live around here anymore. Sad. I got to watch with one of those friends last night. I couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. We didn't know what to say. The bucks are champions. They beat the Suns last night. Giannis made almost all of his free throws. Chris Middleton was hitting daggers. What is this? We're speechless. The Bucks are champions. The same Bucks who's <laughs> used against cost forty bucks. The same Bucks team that used to practice in the gym of a Catholic. Diocese building. The same Bucks that won 15 games, they played in an arena that was falling apart and paid a pile for Mirza Teletovic and Matthew Vadova That Bucks team, NBA champions, Giannis, who people kind of cast aside after two bad playoff failures. Now he's redeemed himself. He's a champion. Chris Middleton, people said he's not a number two. He's not clutch. He's just a second rounder. He's a champion. Brooke, signed with Milwaukee after LeBron and the Lakers said no thanks. Only three million bucks. He is now a champion. And Drew Holiday, passed around, never really worked out for him on a team of his own. Plays defense like a Doberman. He's a champion now. I have never been happier for any team, coach, organization, city. This has been the best sports story of my lifetime. Eight years in the making, I think, which is what made the conclusion last night so sweet. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and the Bucks are... Basketball champions of the world. Or as Wayne Larrabee said, I think after Super Bowl 45, world champions of football. I'm not going to rip off Wayne Larrabee. I heard the Ted Davis call on the Bucks Radio Network last night. Now, not all these stations are Bucks Radio Network affiliates, and I'm not trying to get sued or lose my job. So I will not play the Ted Davis call, but it's on social media. You can find it. Just look up Bucks Radio. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so great. And that final minute of the game last night. It just got more and more and more exciting. My heart just kind of came up into my throat a little bit more and more. Every possession in the past, where the Suns would miss a shot, Bucks would get the rebound. Chris Middleton hit a shot at the elbow. Oh boy. Suns missed a shot. Bucks get a rebound. And I'm feeling a little bit more giddy with every passing possession. Last night was it was unbelievable. And I think of the years of my sports fandom, obviously the Packers winning the Super Bowl and the Bucks winning the finals. I think if I was a non-biased sports fan, this would be up there as one of the cooler sports stories in the last two decades or so as well in my lifetime. It's amazing, and it was eight years in the making, and it all culminated last night at the Pfizer Forum 123-119, the final score. My name is Grant Bills. You can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show, 608-796-2558. Our friend Bob Stock says, Giannis scored 50 to commemorate the 50 years since the last Bucks title. Yeah, he's got a sense of poetry in him, doesn't he? Last night, Giannis had 32, Middleton 29. Drew Holiday had 27, which you might not have known had you watched the game without looking at the box score because he missed a lot of shots. He also had 13 assists and a bunch of rebounds too. He was everywhere. He was absolutely everywhere last night. Bobby Portis was great at home. Uh, How did Pat Connaughton have 14 points? I'm looking at game five. I'm an idiot. This is how out of it I am. I'm looking I'm looking at the Game 5 box score. <laughs> I'm like Drew Holiday didn't have that many points last night. Yeah, Giannis had 50. Just just start the show over. Just start it Just start it all over. Oh, it Donald over. Donald. Yeah, we're not playing the whole intro again. Not that you really care about the totals. You know the totals. But last night, Giannis had 50. Drew Holiday had 12. That's more like it. Middleton had 17. Portis had 16. That's more like it. Of all the mistakes that I've made on this show, and all the important shows I've done, I think that might be... The biggest, sheesh, the right box score in front of you, Grant. That's that's a tough look. Coming up in a few minutes, at about 520, I want to hear from Giannis a little bit. Uh, and I want to talk about how this team is a little old school. I think they got kind of an old old school swagger, old school streak to them. And I think that's why they're so likable and so enjoyable, even by fans that maybe don't watch basketball all the time, but they're just Wisconsin fans or Bucks fans. And they bought into this team. So I want to talk about that. As 6 o'clock gets a little closer, I want to start, before we talk about celebrating and, and winning a championship and what it means and where this fits historically, especially for Giannis, all that jazz, I want to spend a minute just kind of talking about the basketball and how the Bucks got it done in games 3 through 6. Came back down from 2-0 again, the only champs to ever do it, which I had no clue. I saw that last night, and it surprised me a little bit. Remember, they came back down 2-0 from Brooklyn, now 2-0 from Phoenix as well to come back and win four straight, which, by the way... Uh, is how I said that it would happen. If it would happen, it would be by the way of winning four straight, exactly like Toronto did a couple of years ago in the conference finals. Think of this from the perspective of a Suns fan, okay? Up 2-0, CP3 looks good. You absorbed a Giannis 40-point game. Probably not going to have another one of those again. Be naive at the time to believe that. In no world, as a Suns fan, would you think that your team would not win another game. Up 2-0? They're going to cruise to the finals. They win in five, maybe in six, maybe four, but they're going to win. They didn't win another game. The Bucs go on to win four straight. The Bucks were always going to win game three, and the Suns were always going to win game one. The games that are up for grabs are two and four, and then you see where you're at after that. And it was tied 2-2 through there, so now the pivotal moment of the series comes in game five, and I think the pivotal moment in the most pivotal game of the series, the sliding door moment that changed it all, that set the Bucs on this trajectory to a championship, Drew Holiday stripping Devin Booker in Game 5. And I know that the dunk came after, and that was a huge part of the success of the game, but I just want to focus on that strip for a sec. If Devin Booker goes up and shoots it, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that that shot goes in, the way Booker was playing. Suns probably then win that game and go up 3-2. Maybe the Bucs win two in a row, and they win in seven. maybe, maybe. But instead, Drew Holiday gets the steal. We all know what happens on the other end. Throws it up to Giannis. Giannis throws it down. And the Bucs steal game five on the road and go on to win the title. I think it's cool that the Bucks' big offseason move made the biggest play in the biggest game of their season. And that's just why sports are so awesome. Is because we have stories like this. Like, you can't write this. You couldn't put a team of writers to work to come up with something like that. They're up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals 2018-2019. They get swept out embarrassed, really, by Toronto. Then they come back the next year, they think they're better, and then they lose in the second round to Miami. Now it's soul-searching time. Decide to hang on to Coach Bud, and they decide, hey, we gotta make a move, let's trade for Drew Holiday, it's Giannis's contract here. Giannis resigns. there's kind of a sigh of relief. They go through the season, not really blowing anyone away, but still looking really good, and then months, 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 months down the road, who comes up with the big play in the big moment? It's Drew Holiday. Stripping Devin Booker and leading to a Giannis dunk that's going to define this series. The Giannis block, the Giannis dunk, and then Giannis scoring 50 last night. We got to talk about Giannis. Giannis now has a most improved player. He's a two-time MVP award winner, defensive player of the year, finals MVP. His resume is fat. And he just went for 50. 50 in a closeout game of a final series in which he had already gone for 40 Twice. And this is why my voice is gone today. It's because I went out and celebrated a little bit with some friends last night. And we just kept yelling. He went for 50. 50. You can't write this type of thing. A couple of games ago, we talked about the possibility that this becomes the Giannis series. And that, that turned out to be the case. Even in my wildest fantasies about what a Giannis series would entail, I did not picture him scoring 40, 40, and then 50 in a closeout game in game six. And I certainly didn't envision him doing it by shooting 17 of 19 from the free throw line. That's incredible. That's poetic. That's a storybook ending. It's the first 50-point closeout game since 1958 when Bob Pettit did for the St. Louis Hawks. Look up this series today. It's like, oh, 1958, interesting. I'll get into basketball history. Bob Pettit, St. Louis Hawks taking out the Boston Celtics. Thank you for your service, Bob Pettit. Giannis is the seventh player ever to score 50 points in the finals. Pettit, like we mentioned, Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and now Giannis. And Giannis did so on 25 shots. That's unbelievable. Look at some of the shot totals from these games. Rick Barry to get 50 in the finals took 48 shots. Giannis took 25. Yeah, he went to the free throw line. Do you know how much physical wear and tear that puts on you over the course of a seven-game series? Going to the line, going to the line, going to the line. They're beating you up. And now you got to go to the line and make them? Like, that that doesn't diminish a 50-point game to me whatsoever. In fact, it might uplift his 50-point game, knowing that that's what it took. And they needed 50 points from him last night. Chris Middleton hit timely shots. But he only scored 17 points. Drew Holiday hit timely shots. Didn't really shoot all that well, especially for the volume that he was shooting at. Only had 12 points now that I have the correct box score in front of me. I can't believe I did that. I'm going to have to cut that out of the podcast. That's super embarrassing. I read the entire box score not realizing that it was the Game 5 box score. It was the Michelobes last night. That must be the Michelobes and the PBR helped cloud it up just enough where I could be duped into reading the incorrect box score. Why did I even have the Game 5 box score up on the computer is the bigger question. They needed 50 from him last night because they didn't really get Outstanding performances from anyone else except for Bobby Portis, and now you're talking about a bench player. That's a little bit different. Seventh player ever to score 50 in the finals, a necessary 50. I was talking to my sister this morning a little bit about the Bucks, and she's been watching a little bit, and she likes it. So, like, she brings it up. I, like, she'll ask questions, be like, "Hey, what's this?" Because I, I think she's interested in the Bucks. I think a lot of people are who maybe pay attention to the Brewers or the Packers, and not really NBA people, but you see these highlights from Giannis. And you see that they're in the NBA Finals, or the Eastern Conference Finals, and you're just—you kind of have to pay attention. I think that's what my sister's been doing. Today, she asked me if 50 is a lot. We we're talking about Giannis going for 50, and I said, "Grace, my sister's name is Grace." He's doing things that only like pantheon players in this league have done. Talking about Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, LeBron. We already mentioned Rick Barry, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Michael Jordan. That's the type of finals performance he just had. By the way, a few weeks ago, I compared Giannis and Middleton to Shaq and Kobe. And I wasn't saying that Giannis was Shaq or Chris Middleton was Kobe. I was comparing their role and the role that they play on their team. But everybody wanted to jump at me anyways. Oh, you compare those players. By the way, talk about comparing. You see Middleton's clutch numbers in this series and in the playoffs? So when we talk about clutch numbers. We're talking about in the final five minutes of a game in which the score, the the, the margin is five points or less. So five minutes or less remaining, the deficit is five points or fewer. Late game, close game. Chris Middleton had 18 points on 75% shooting in the clutch in the finals. Best by any player. The next closest player had four points. Four. Middleton had 18. He led the entire 2021 NBA playoffs in clutch points. He was unbelievable. He wasn't putting up the volume that Kobe probably would have. But Kobe also, especially in the latter part of his career without Shaq, he was more of the one. Middleton is more a complimentary piece, but he played that role so well. Comparing Giannis and Shaq, Middleton, Kobe, everybody jumping down my throat. When we brought up this comparison a few weeks ago, specifically Giannis and Shaq, we don't need to talk about Middleton and Kobe, Giannis and Shaq. I kind of posed the question because I I got a little frustrated if I remember. And I said, do you guys understand that if Giannis wins the title this year, what his resume will be? He'll be impeachable, unimpeachable impeachable, he won't be able to be impeached. I don't, I don't know how to grammatically make it work. You can't impeach him. It's flawless. It's unreal. He now has, like I said, most improved, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, finals MVP. Giannis, Jordan, and Hakeem are the only players in NBA history to have an MVP, a defensive player of the year, and a finals MVP. This is history book stuff. And speaking of history books, by the way, and I want to get to a call here in a minute. But I just want to kind of cock off about something real quick. My Milwaukee Bucks, our Milwaukee Bucks, by winning last night, what they did was they avoided becoming a footnote, right? Because all throughout NBA history, you have teams littering the side of the highway that were fantastic teams, but they'll all be remembered as great teams that never got it done. Charles Barkley and the Suns, the Chris Webber Kings, the Stockton Malone Jazz, the James Harden Rockets, the Kevin Durant Thunder, the Paul George Pacers. The Bucks will not be one of those teams. Especially with Giannis going for fifty points, because that's just about as memorable uh as it gets. Let's go to the talk and text line, six oh eight seven nine six two five five eight. My caller ID says Thomas. Do I have that correct? Welcome to the show.
0: That's absolutely right.
1: Woo! Thomas,
0: how are, you how are you doing? I'm doing great. Well well, I know you're doing great, but you need to cut down on the caffeine a little bit, okay, bud?
1: <laughs> I'm a little wired up today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Uh, well I just uh I want to say that, uh, in 1971, I was, I was in the eighth grade and I watched the bucks win and, uh, I was, uh, I was thrilled and it's great 50 years later to see them do it again. And I'm thrilled for them. I'm very happy for Giannis and, and, uh, and for Milwaukee because I'm from Milwaukee. However, I just want, I don't mean to be Johnny Raincloud here, but, oh. uh, If the Brooklyn Nets had been healthy, I think this would have been a different finals. I'm just saying.
1: Probably. I'll
0: let you. uh,
1: (laughs) You're going to leave us with that? What do you
0: got about that? (laughs) You're going to leave us with Mm -hmm.
1: that? Well, thank you for the call, Thomas. And it's an important point. And you're telling me to lay off the caffeine. You know, it's funny. I haven't had any coffee today because I'm so dehydrated from last night. But I am a little bit wired up. I'm probably talking a little fast. And Thomas, you have such a smooth, silky voice. It's such a contrast, it makes me sound even more wired up. Yeah, the Nets were healthy. They probably are there. You know, I was thinking about this with James Harden earlier today. James Harden always talked about how Giannis has no skill, right? It'd be nice if I could just be seven feet tall, run and dunk all the time. That takes no skill. James Harden kind of bragging about, well, I can do this move. I got this in my bag. I have these handles. I have this shot. Well, you know what Giannis works on, and it was very evident, in those pictures last night during the game, he works on his body, right? He's a physical beast. He hyperextended his knee a few weeks ago. And I feel like we need to treat his ability to stay healthy and the amount of time that he puts in working on his body. Like, that's a skill. That's an investment he makes. And Kyrie Irving and James Harden might be a little... They might... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They might be a little spiteful towards Giannis because Giannis is bigger and stronger and and those two players have to work harder on their skill. Maybe if they worked on their body a little bit more. Didn't put so much time into skill. Like, I think Giannis put plenty of time into both. But do you get my point? You get what I'm saying? And Harden's been incredibly durable over the course of his career. Kyrie Irving hasn't had a normal season since the year he won the title with the Cavs. He's been injured or he's been sitting out or whatever. No, I agree with you. If the Nets were healthy, it probably would have been a different finals. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> you win a title. You don't have to apologize to anyone for anything whatsoever. Let's take a break. Binksy, I see you trying to get in here. We'll get to your call coming up next. Maybe we'll hear a little bit from Giannis as well. More of the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports
0: Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Bucks are champs, and I am rattled today. I apologize. I was referencing the wrong box score for, like, the entire first part of the show. (laughs) And I am getting dragged on the talking text line for it. Yes, I now realize I was looking at the wrong score. The final, 105 to 98. I forget final scores really easily. Like, the final score is kind of a footnote. Like, I'll pay really close attention from the tip-off to, like, the last two minutes and then that's when I'll lean in and actually watch because I'll take notes like the entire game but then at the end I just kind of let myself become a fan final scores like I don't remember the final score of the NFC championship game last year I couldn't even guess Well, I think it finished being what a five point game or something like that because the field goal down eight whatever don't remember the final score and I apologize I have the correct box score in front of me now (laughs) 105 98 a lot of texts we're going to kind of blaze through these really quickly Binks I see on the phone we'll get to you in a sec Uh, this is from Matt in Rockland about Coach Bud and old school basketball. And you know what, Matt? I actually want to talk about that. So I'm going to save your text for the very end. Brett's just telling me to get it together. Yeah, I know I had the, yes, yes, yes. I know I had the wrong game. Gio on the south side says, I hope Dave from Monona calls you out for reading the game five box score. Yikes. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Mike in Monona says, holiday was so good. Can't imagine the mental toughness. He has to keep shooting when he missed a bunch of previously huge cojones. I agree, Mike. Now, for Mark, I spent the entire playoffs not watching the Bucks because every time I watched them for any length of time, they played horribly, so I thought I was jinxing. I did that for you and for all Bucks fans. You're welcome. Mark, you're a hero. You're an absolute hero. Adam in Eau Claire in a 7 says, a healthy DiVincenzo helps a lot against the healthy Nets, too. Absolutely. Dante would have helped this series, too. Oh, they're probably going to win next year easy because Dante will be back. Uh, this text, uh, do I have your name? I don't believe I do. An anonymous texture. All right. He says, oh, my gosh. Uh, Thomas did not just go there. <laughs> Would have, could have, should have doesn't mean a darn thing. The cards played out the way they did, and the Bucks take advantage. And don't forget, Giannis got hurt and could have been out for more than the games. But that SOB toughed it out and came back and let it up like a man. Yeah, he scored 50. Everybody's talking about injuries now. Everybody's mad about injuries. Banks, you're not going to talk about injuries, are you? That's not where you're about to go with this? No. Okay. Okay, no. good.
2: I'm, just, I'm going to direct. I am going to direct a statement at your last caller. Okay, he said he saw it when he was in eighth, eighth grade, and he said, "Well, you know, if uh, Brooklyn was healthy, they would have taken it. Well, guess what? If the '82 Brewer, were, if the uh, Brewers were healthy in '82, we would have won it.
1: Yes, um,
2: yes. I guess he could talk about that. Anyway, I want to tell you this, Grant, and it it kind of takes off from what uh, DC was talking about with one of his regular guests, and he said. Uh, he, he asked this particular guest, "Hey, do you think what? What do you think this is going to do to the Bucks fan base in Western Wisconsin?" Mm. And a, a take off of that, and, and take it as you want to. But I think guys like you and guys like Carney, I think you guys are people are going to look to you to say, "Wow!" And they're going to spread a discussion and start, you know, a, you know preseason. You know, people are going to get excited for the next Bucks season. Yeah. The bar is now raised to say we have a good uh, Bucks team. We got a great basketball team. It's kind of like what happened with the Brewers of you know several years ago. Um, the Packers—they're not the Packers of the '80s. I know you weren't in that era; you were born yet. <laughs> but I saw that, um, so I'm going to give you a lot of credit with that because I never really watched or listened to the Bucks. Until this year, and I give a lot of credit to you in DC, more so you, so uh, because it's your show. Next, uh, I and I know I, I think you said you're going to take off uh, because a guy texted in on this or a gal texted in about this. If um, do the Bucks get as far as they did with mm-hmm. or without Coach Bud? Ooh, and uh, um, I'm I know you did a lot of. You know, you know, ebb and flow with how you felt with, about Coach Bud, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I texted you one time that the guy sounds like Napoleon Dynamite during an interview. So, <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I'm going to leave it with that. And I, it was a great season. Um, I, I wish I could hang out with you sometime, man. We we got we got a um, we we got something to
1: celebrate. Too. We do. We have some. Uh, we yeah. have some. Hopefully, some WKTY functions coming up. Uh, we got some things in the works. I appreciate the call, Darren. But you're going to do something to celebrate the Bucks. You know, we have all these, uh, you know how radio works. You have salespeople. I was looking to uh, get involved with local businesses. Let's have an event. Let's have a party. This is low-hanging fruit. And I- I'm no salesperson, but it seems obvious to me. So I'm hoping so, Darren. Otherwise, like, why don't we just get some beers? We go to Bluffside. We'll go to one of the fine establishments around our beautiful place. We'll just get some nice, light beers. I, hold me to that and i know you're one of the few listeners i have on facebook so we'll we'll make something work by the way i like getting invested in the bucks because of this show like you listen to this show and that got you interested in the bucks i get that 100% because the big reason why i got into the bucks in like 2013 2014 is i listened to a lot of Milwaukee sports radio i remember listening to radio joe who is no longer in radio so i guess he's just joe uh, i remember listening to radio joe host Bucks post-game shows, and I love a good post-game show. I was like, well, if I want to enjoy a post-game show, I guess I got to I actually watch the game so I can listen to the post-game show and understand what's going on. So that was a big reason why I got into the Bucks in the first place. So I get that, Darren, and thank you for listening to the show, Banks. I appreciate you, and I appreciate the call. 608-796-2558. And you ask about Coach Bud, as does this texter, and this is the one you were referencing, Banks. Madden Rockland says, hey, Grant, I just want to be sure that Coach Bud and his staff Get big time props for adjusting so well on both ends of the floor on offense. I truly believe we are witnessing the start of the next evolution of NBA offense. Oh boy. I love this. I'm, I'm all in on this text in the modern NBA. We know it's about space and pace. When you get a team like Milwaukee, who is big and dominant, what are teams that go small and built for speed supposed to do? In other words, old school basketball is the future of the NBA. This is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic. And Matt and Binks, everybody's teaming up here. You're going to vault us into our next conversation because I want to talk about how this Bucks team is old school. You talk about space and pace. Phoenix really only had one true center, DeAndre Ayton. Now, Dario Saric could fill in. He got hurt. Frank Kaminsky, defensively, just he ain't stepping in there and stopping anybody. Meanwhile, the Bucks have Bobby Portis, who's 6'10 and Brooke Lopez, who's seven feet, and Giannis, who's Giannis and 6'10 and massive and arms, you know, as long as my car. The Bucs had size, and they just beat the Suns up for four straight games, just getting into the paint, assigning fouls to everyone, getting to the free throw line, making the opposition play physical and tiring them out. It's similar to what the Cavs did to the Warriors in 2016. right? The Warriors want to fly around and play small. Well, okay, well, the Cavs are going to beat them up. That's why Tristan Thompson had an amazing series. Tristan Thompson, just a big body, get in there and play physical. I do think old-school basketball has made a little bit of a comeback with the Bucks. I don't know if it's the future of the NBA, Matt, but I do want to talk about the idea of old-school basketball and how this Bucks team is built a little differently. They played a little bit differently, and Coach Bud is a huge part of that conversation. So let's do that. Coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Giannis has it to Middleton. Middleton puts up the jumper. Puts it in! Playoffs.
1: I love Chris Middleton. Just going to his right. Double teamed. On the move. Chris Cash. Put it down. Chris Middleton in the clutch in this postseason. Un... I, I on, don't, I don't even know what to do with this. This doesn't seem like it's a real stat. 18 points on 75% shooting in the clutch. In these finals, most by any other player. The next closest player had, drum roll please, four points. Four points. You know Clutch. Final five minutes, a deficit of five or more, or a uh, margin of five or fewer. Within five points, less than five minutes, Chris Middleton was shooting 75%. Nice. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're celebrating the Bucks winning game six, just as Brandon Jennings once said. And you're welcome to be a part of the celebration. 608. 796-2558. I think we're all a little bit cloudy walking around work this this morning today. Ooh, shaking off the celebration a little bit last night. I read a game five box score thinking it was game six, which should have been really easy to point out given that Giannis scored fifty in game six and obviously did not in game five, but that just went right over my head. Nice, right? Quite an quite an impressive part of the show today. I'm looking at the wrong I'm looking at the wrong game. I want to talk about something that Matt brought up. Matt in Rockland. I appreciated this text. And then Binks, who called in last segment, kind of built off this. The idea that the Bucks are old school and that they put this team together and they played in a way that was reminiscent of decades ago. Because the Warriors, the Warriors started all this with going small. Space and pace. We want to run. We want to spread the defense out so there's plenty of space to attack the rim, right? The Bucks roster really didn't fit that and it was really impressive the way that coach bud kind of understood that and played within a way that was beneficial and advantageous to their roster and that's a conversation I want to continue to have really up until six o'clock because I think that's such a big part of the story of course Giannis being incredible too let's go to the phones Brendan Madison Brendan did you celebrate last night I'm glad you called today
3: I did a little bit I had to work this morning so you know Uh, many many celebration yeah um so i have i have two points okay first of all the one caller who said about the nets and stuff okay so first of all they beat the nets it woulda shoulda coulda you know if both teams were healthy who knows what that series would ultimately look like Mm -hmm. um you know but in the end they beat the phoenix suns which is what mattered so get over it they won yes um (laughs) and then my other point is I agree they did do it somewhat old school but I think they're more of a hybrid I think they're you know the old school beat you with size inside the paint and then they also have you know some guys who can do the three point and the jumpers and you know other things too that are a little bit more the new so they're kind of melding the new and the old which I think is good I think the hybrid is the way to go.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's harder to defend. Then you got to have your foot in kind of both camps, right? You got to mm-hmm. worry about the paint and the three point line. Brenda. Exactly, it, exactly. Yeah, I like that a lot.
3: And I'm glad they won. I hear you definitely went partying, huh?
1: Yeah. And I don't know what Ebo's telling. Does Ebo make me sound like an alcoholic when he brings me up in the morning? I swear sometimes that man, like, yeah, I, I had a couple of drinks with some friends last night, but it's not like I went Project X streaking down the middle of the street. And sometimes I think that's what Ebo says have to get on his back for that
3: no no he didn't he didn't imply that he just implied that you had to like tight a few ones on kind of late last night and we're having trouble getting up this
1: morning well he ca- okay oh here's the other thing evo called me this morning because he wanted to talk to me on his show he called me at like seven in the morning and expected me to answer like i my ringer was turned it, off evo? it was
3: hey 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 it was it was eight okay. it was eight he was okay. texting he was texting. He was texting me during the seven o'clock. I already called you around eight.
1: Oh, that's okay. It's just still it's still very early. <laughs> my ringer was off. I'm sorry. Yeah, you makes it sound like hey, I was up. I was, up, I
3: was the already. I was already. I was already showered and had breakfast and was on my way to work.
1: Oh, that's brutal. Well, you're a stronger fan than uh-huh. I. That's for sure. A better employee
3: too. <laughs> no, I just. I just didn't go out drinking afterwards. Like you know, pretty much went to bed shortly after.
1: Well. You're much more responsible than me. Thanks for the call, Brenda. I'm glad you're enjoying this win.
3: I am. It's wonderful. It wonderful, really wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks again. <laughs> have
3: a good
1: day. <laughs> you too, Brenda. Yeah, Evo called me this morning. I, all right, I have my phone in front of me. I'm, I'm going to pull it up. Let's look at the phone. Let's go to the receipts. I swear, Evo called me at 7:50. 7.28 a.m. Unbelievable. 7.28. And because I didn't answer immediately, he's going to tell the whole world, that I'm asleep in my front lawn after celebrating the night before. I'll have you know that in my little celebration group last night, I was the most not drunk one by the end of the night because I knew I had to be here for the show tomorrow. And what was it all for? Just for me to come in and mess up the box score anyway. So I guess I should have celebrated a little bit hard. Brenda makes a great point. They're kind of this hybrid. They can do the space and pace, and they had games where they shot really well from three. Not many of them, but they did have games where they shot okay from three. But their biggest advantage was pounding the ball into the paint, banging bows down in the restricted area, right? Sticking elbows everywhere. Get this number. The Bucks shot 32% from three in the playoffs. They're the or excuse me, I'm sorry. The Bucks shot 32% from three in the playoffs. They're the worst three-pointing shooting champion since 2010. There has not been a team to win the NBA finals to shoot worse than the Bucs did this year since 2010 when the league was different. Nobody was shooting threes at the clip 10 years ago that they are now. So in this modern era where space and pace and small ball and three-point shooting has kind of ruled the day, the Bucks have been the worst three-point shooting team in the bunch, but they had all these other advantages, and that's huge kudos to Coach Bud for realizing, hey, I know everybody else shoots a bunch of threes, but that's not really what we're good at. We'll do it a little, but we're going to play to our strengths more often than not, and I think that number is... Is is certainly an example of, of how that happened, and I'm tripping all over my words. That's why I appreciate the calls today. Billy is downtown. Billy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Grant, uh, long time, first time. How are you doing? Man? Oh, first, I love first time callers. I'm doing great, man. This is uh, I've been doing the show for three years, and I haven't done a champion show, a championship show before, so this is a first. It's fun.
2: Hey, it's gotta gotta feel good. Hey, I wanted to just tell you and your listeners about my experience with the Deer Deer District last night. Went down there with the old man. Um, it was incredible. Uh, so many people, um, and I, the two the two parts where I got choked up. First and foremost, when those jets flew over us, oh. it was incredible. Very powerful, uh, you know, just strong sound. Uh, you patriot, lo- loved it. Yes. Oh man, I you know me, um, and then the <laughs> second part, um, just when that final buzzer went, um, and seeing the tears come out of my old man's eyes. Tears coming out of my own. I'm an emotional man. He is not. Um, it was just a powerful, uh, powerful experience. Uh, felt so good. And uh, one that I'll never forget. Um, I just want to share that with you guys. Hey, great show, man. Bucks and Six. Love you. Have a good
1: one. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. Bucks and Six, I agree. Thank you for the call. The Deer District last night, how do you move? How do you get a drink? How do you go to the bat? I mean, you wearing a stadium, buddy, down there? I look. It looked like a blast. It looked so cool to be with Bucks fans like that. But I get stressed when I'm in a packed bar because I'm like, oh, i got to walk to the bathroom. That's going to be a mission. I walk up to the bar to get a drink. i got to fight through like 30 people. I don't know if I could have handled the Deer District. I think I would have got a little anxious. But the scene down there was cool. I got emotional at the end when I saw Giannis and Chris kindly start to accept that they were going to win the game. And you could see them just showing emotion a little bit. Uh, uh. And then Coach Butt on the podium after the game where he's just smiling. Applause is coming in and Malika Andrews, who is terrific, waiting to ask her question. He's just taken it all in and you can see that that's a lifetime worth of work and dedication and and success and failure and success and failure trying to accomplish, you know, the main goal of winning the finals and he finally did it and, and that just made me so happy. Do I have that soundbite of Coach Bud? I have it somewhere. Coach Bud, Coach Bud. The point where I got a little emotional watching him. Yeah, here it is right here. This is Coach Bud. Right with Malika Andrews after the game. And this just made me so happy.
0: These players, they're champions every day. Every day they come to the building, they're champions. They've embraced getting better every day. They've embraced competing. They've embraced playing together. And it's made them champions tonight. I couldn't be more proud of them. I'm so happy for these players.
1: Uh, so happy for Coach Bud. I think he did a great job. I, there were some frustrations with Coach Bud, especially in that Brooklyn series where it drove me nuts. Because it seemed like they were being stubborn. They should be going to the paint, and instead they're trying to play space and pace, as Matt texted in. They're trying to shoot the lights out. I'm like, that's not—you're not going to outshoot the Nets. You're not going to be better in isolation perimeter basketball than the Nets are. And then towards the end of the series, especially Giannis, started to figure out, and the light switch kind of came on in his head where he's like, wait, no one can stop me. No one can stop me whatsoever. And it seemed like he was—to reference the Matrix. And I've heard a couple—I heard Brian Windhorst on his podcast— Make this reference earlier today. There was a moment in that Brooklyn series where he just kind of realized, oh, like, I can dodge bullets. Like, I've figured it out. Like, Neo and the Matrix. Like, the the light went on in his head. That happened in the Brooklyn series. And it was clear in the Atlanta series, too. And then he got hurt, which kind of funked up his rhythm. And then against the Suns, he just realized, oh, yeah, they have no one who can stop me. And that kind of led this play style of getting into the paint, beating up the Suns, forcing them to defend or foul, oftentimes giving up points either way because they're fouling at Giannis as he goes up to dunk or put in a layup. It's not like you can foul him to prevent him from scoring. You can hit him on the shoulder, but he's going to go up and dunk it anyway. So now you put him on the line where he was 17 of 19 last night. So Giannis is an old school player. Chris Middleton's kind of an old school player too. Those tough mid-range jumpers that he likes to take. That's a Kobe type shot or a Michael Jordan type shot. And both of those players in their prime, they were volume shooters, volume offensive creators before the game really evolved to where it is now, when efficiency now is key, right? We want to take good three-pointers. We want to take good layups. That's the basis of our offense. And then if you can mix in mid-ranges and get clear jumpers elsewhere, cool. I think there's this misconception from analytics people that mid-ranges are always bad. No, we love mid-range jumpers from people who can make them. There just aren't very many of them. There's Kawhi. There's Chris Middleton. I referenced MJ and Kobe in, in previous eras as well. Chris's role is kind of old school, too. Because he is a true number two. A lot of basketball fans are like, oh, they need to get a better two. Chris Middleton isn't a good enough number two. Well, what you're essentially saying is he's not a number one. Because in today's NBA, a number two is simply a a not so good number one. Like Anthony Davis and what the Lakers did, right? Middleton, almost in true Scottie Pippen style, or what Kyle Lowry did to Kawhi Leonard in 2019, he's perfectly okay being a number two, waiting for his opportunities and making the most of them when they come. And credit to Giannis, he did a pretty good job of looking for Middleton and getting him involved when needed. Right There were there were possessions where it would go two or three in a row where Chris wouldn't touch the ball and it was time for Giannis to work or, or get others involved, like Drew. Drew had over a dozen assists again last night. But Giannis did such a good job finding Chris and finding him for those shots that he liked, including that dagger last night going to his right at the right elbow. P.J. Tucker's another old-school player. He's as old-school as it gets. His personality, his body type, everything about this man... Seems like he should have been playing in, in the 80s or in the early 90s. And when he's out there, this is what blows my mind. When he's out there, the Bucks are playing four on five offensively. Because P.J. Tucker really he can't create off the dribble. He can't drive to the rack. He can't shoot unless it's a corner three. And he didn't shoot well. Nobody shot well from three, really, this series, except for Pat Condit. And like I said, the Bucks over the course of these playoffs, what was the number, 32%? Ugh. No team has been worse since the Lakers. In 2010, they shot 33%. So, P.J. Tucker doing absolutely nothing. The Bucs are playing four on five. And the Kevin Durant thunder kind of showed us, like, you can't do that. You can't put Andre Roberson out there because they're just going to leave him. And now you're playing four on five. P.J. Tucker provides nothing on offense. But the Bucs love him anyways because he gets those offensive rebounds. Great defense. Although it was not as great, I think, as some people thought at times. Last night, I think, was his best defensive game of the playoffs so far. He was fantastic last night. Zero points, one shot. P.J. Tucker, old school. Let's take a break, wrap up the show next, some of your thoughts, your tweets and texts. And I also want to talk about why I think this championship feels a little bit better than the Packers in 2010. And it has nothing to do with the Packers themselves, but the situation and the circumstances in which both of these championships came to be. We'll talk about that and wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up next.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show final segment. Day after the Bucks win the NBA Finals, my voice is shot. For about 20 minutes of the show, I was referencing the wrong box score and the incorrect final score. (laughs) Brett texts in our friend Brett in lacrosse and says, it's probably because you were off yesterday. And you know what? I think you're right. Not doing a show one day and then having to come back in and switch back into show mode the next, it is hard. You get into rhythm going five days in a row. That's why Mondays are sometimes tricky. You got to get in. It's brand new stuff. You're kind of... Getting the ball rolling again, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get momentum. How much have we talked about momentum this week, right? Momentum is big. Lost it all yesterday. Lost my voice. Lost the momentum. And we're putting the pieces back together after celebrating a lot last night and a lot today. The Bucks won one hundred five ninety eight. That is the correct score. Giannis went for fifty, and it was simply inspiring to watch. We're going to talk more about Giannis tomorrow because I I think we got to do some more of these historical numbers because I think it would be easy to pass off his finals as like oh. Really good stretch of games. That was historically unbelievable. There are very few players that have ever done what he has done. And some of the stats he put up has never been put up before. So we're going to do that tomorrow. I want to leave you with this because I was left comparing the Packers Super Bowl and the Bucks winning the finals last night. Which one's better? Which isn't really fair. They're both great in and of themselves. And for the Packers Super Bowl, I was also 13 at the time, and I wasn't smoking a cigar and celebrating with my friends. I was watching with my parents in my basement, which was great. Not hating. So it was kind of fun to compare the two. I, I think of all the championships in sports, you can put them into categories, different buckets. And I got like three or four different ones that, that I thought of. You got your your classic young team gets hot and surprises everyone. But then after the fact, we all say like, wow, that's actually not surprising at all. They're really good. 2010 Packers to the T. Perfect example. Brett Favre even said it. He's like, I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner. But yet when they got hot and won, it all seemed like a surprise. And then after the fact, we're like, well, actually, if you look at the roster and, Yeah, that actually, that makes sense. It's your classic young team. Gets hot, surprises everyone, even though it's not surprising. Number two, you have your inevitable team. Not a super team, but an inevitable team. The 2018 Red Sox, the Dodgers last year. It's the great team you see coming a million miles away. You go into the finals or the World Series thinking, ah, maybe we'll have a series. No, you never do. So the great teams, they're the best all the way through the season. They're the best through the postseason. And then they're the champions, the inevitable team. Then there's the super team. This is kind of exclusive to the NBA, but I think it's such a big percentage of the NBA now that it's worth mentioning. Five titles since 2010 have been won by super teams, at least by my estimation. Two in Miami, two with Kevin Durant and Golden State, and LeBron and the Lakers. And yes, I count that as a super team because they tampered to get Anthony Davis away from New Orleans, and that's crap. So I think the super team is a reasonable amount of rings in the American sports landscape. Five, uh, The champ. this is the classic. The championship won with great luck and defense and lucky officiating and cheating and injuries on the other team. I have examples. Hold on. Oh, oh. those are those are just all the Tom Brady championships. Okay, we're gonna set those aside. We're actually gonna not talk about those right now. Finally, the type of ring that the Bucks won last night. The team that starts young, starts bad, grows together, learns together. Fails, takes criticism, comes up short, comes up short again, adjusts, tweaks the roster, tweaks the coach, tweaks the play style, and then finally breaks through. And that's what Michael Jordan did in 91. And honestly, that's what the Chiefs did in 2019. Now, the piece that the Chiefs got to finally put them over the top was the biggest piece of all. It was Patrick Mahomes. But that team had been great, and Andy Reid had been great, and they kept coming up short for whatever reason, and they finally figured it out and got their quarterback, and then they broke through and everyone was ha- happy for Andy Reid, right? The Royals in 2015, they built it up, built it up, built it up. They lost to the Giants the year before, and then they come back and win it all the next year in 2015. That's the type of ring the Bucks won. And I think that win, that championship, is much more satisfying than the surprise young team gets hot, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, okay, they are good. That was the Packers in 2010. I think it's more exciting than that inevitably great team the Red Sox in 2018 or the Dodgers last year. I think it's way better than some super team. You watch the celebrations in Golden State after the two Kevin Durant rings, especially the second one, they didn't look, like they looked excited. But if you juxtapose that second Kevin Durant title with the with the Caps and Ovechkin who won it the same year, oh, it meant a hundred times more to the Caps and Alex Ovechkin. It made the Warriors title pale by comparison. And every title is the title that go down in the record books is the same. But for us fans, who enjoy and watch, and we go on this emotional ride. I think the championship that the Bucs won last night, I think that's as good as it gets. I don't think there's a more satisfying way to win a championship than what the Bucs did last night. Now, I'm biased as a Bucs fan, but, I, but I'm, I'm weighing it against another one of my team's championships, the Green Bay Packers, right? Take the names off. You just talk about the trajectory of this, these teams without the players or without the names, right? It's the same thing that Jordan did in 91. Fail, 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 but get better. Keep at it. Keep trying and finally break three or break through. That's what the Bucks did. And it was so satisfying last night. I'm going to get a good night, night of sleep, drink a lot of water. We're going to come back and do this tomorrow. I can't wait to continue to celebrate this championship. I love this. More tomorrow on the Wisco Sports Show. I can't wait.